Just before we start the podcast, we would like to invite you to get a copy of our new book called Living From Your Art. You can find it on any Amazon platform. You will see it's a very bright colored orange and yellow uh, book cover and it was made for you artists because you help us live in a better world. We want to help you get more work. So thank you so much and let's start this podcast. Here we are, live on social media. I hope it, it, it seems to lag on my side, but I hope everyone can catch up and uh, see this wonderful interview that we will do in a few minutes. And uh, yeah, th this afternoon or this evening, if you are in the, the UK, uh, I received the wonderful Tim Turner. And this is such an amazing topic because we will talk about conservation of our tradition. Has is an unction, and I hope I'm pronouncing right, unctioner. Uh, yeah, someone who who work into unction and just try to to make art going and selling and everything. So it's it's such an interesting like person to have on the show and as we are puppeteer and we often question ourselves about how to uh, keep going and and preserve our art after the show is finished and it's it's kind of an interesting topic so yeah i just want to say some words before we go into the interview the podcast is doing really well and uh, yes we have um, we plan to do an event a big uh, live zoom event with all the community so we can gather uh, all puppeteers and puppet fans and people uh, who want to join us and just reward some of the action and uh, that we have done some some of the puppeteers who who just like have some wonderful stuff to share and so to do a big party online all around the world with uh, puppeteers so you can uh, follow us we will let you know and if you don't know our patreon also i invite you to watch that because it it's something we want to put more energy in it also in the future and it's a, a way to encourage puppeteers and also encourage puppeteers who want to share their knowledge online so we do workshop you can have some there and we have many more surprise coming so yeah have a look on our patreon so that was my little commercial before the interview so people please drum roll for the wonderful tim turner yeah, yeah. hi caroline hi, i'm tim. so excited yeah. i'm so excited to be on this you're really kind of you to ask me in we've got this really thrilling selection of puppets which i've had no knowledge of before a few months ago when I went to a house in the middle of nowhere in the UK in a field and we found these puppets in the garage. They'd been put away for 50 years, hadn't been seen and since they were stopped being used. And I started to unpack them and I found a wealth of marvellous craftsmanship, beautiful carving, a fantastic animation, characterization. The faces are beautifully carved. Many of them have functions. They can move their eyebrows. They can wink. Uh, they can lift their arms up. Uh -huh. They can, a sixpence from a singer song of sixpence, the famous nursery rhyme, can do all sorts of things that you wouldn't imagine a puppet can do. The Pieros will dance for you. 
The circus act is extraordinary. The man, the trapeze artist, will swing on the trapeze and the poodle will jump through hoops. That's Not, amazing. I can't do that for you, but that's what they did originally. And one of the yeah. most famous acts was the three-piece orchestra. So we had a pianist and a violinist and a cellist, and they played very beautifully. And yeah. they made them work in a very realistic manner. And you will see a, a video probably on your site or certainly yeah. on the internet. I put it on, on, the, on the comment just below so you can see a video that is from the website of the auction. And we can put many, many links if you are curious to see those. Oh, wow, puppets. that's going to be great. And the music plays with it. And when they used to put the puppet shows on, they used to have an old-fashioned gramophone in the back. And they used to put records on. And they've got many, many of the acts have got records to go with them. And wow. they would tour these acts around the country in the evenings and go to local halls, get them all out and perform, put them away, take them home. A huge amount of work. Yeah. They had the most wonderful underwater scene. Can you <laughs> imagine amazing. an underwater puppetry scene with mermaids and starfish and octopus and fish swimming by and Neptune? And this would have been incredible for people the 1938 1939 long long time ago yeah. many many people had never seen moving images at all at that that's, time that's amazing television like, was very new very expensive you bring the curiosity we have honey who is really excited to maybe see them during the interview and for sure i i want us to to see this like exciting find i think it's kind yes. of like you seem so passionate tim about puppetry i want to know a little bit more about you could you introduce yourself as a professional to our audience who listen right now yes one of the things is very interesting i think is that i have no experience or knowledge of puppetry until a few months ago when i found these puppets and it's really caught my imagination so i've been an auctioneer for 40 years auctioning fine art, pictures, jewelry, silver, carpets, furniture, all the contents of people's houses. And we get the most extraordinary collections of things. And this is one of the most extraordinary that we've ever dealt with. And it's quite extraordinary that I'm retiring at the end of this month after 40 years, and this will be my very last job. So wow. I'm very excited about it. And I hope that people will be interested We can see in the background many of the puppets hanging up. Uh -huh. um, other puppets won't hang anymore because the strings have decayed. But on the whole, these puppets are in remarkably good condition. The clothing that was made by John Carr's wife is generally still in very good condition. And we can see from the king standing, uh, hanging beside me, uh, there are, behind me is an elephant, you'll see, and the William the, the um, yokel, we can just see in there. And yeah. he's got a marvelous act with uh, strings of turnips with feet. So they animated inanimate objects like the shellfish and the turnips all have feet and all danced around. They have wow. flocks of birds. They have swarms of bees that fly across the stage. It's absolutely extraordinary. Really, really amazing. Totally. Um, And wow. I'm just excited that people are interested in these types of things because yeah. the tradition of puppetry goes back obviously many, many years, as, as you obviously will all know. But 
has died out to some extent after the war years. We got towards the on-television animation, um, the Thunderbirds, all the puppets originally, and then animated characters, which we have now. And now it's all done by completely different graphics. So uh -huh. I'm keen for the puppets to still be regarded, looked on as works of art, and if possible, to be used. Uh-huh. That's, that's so amazing. I, and I want to, as an auctioneer, how you, you perceive the transmission of uh, the puppetry tradition. Like, because often it's from a family to the son, and, but often it's kind of like, as you discover it, it's finished in a garage, in a big box, and somehow people don't know what to do when the puppeteer is not there anymore to manipulate the puppet. So what is your perception of this transmission? One is very difficult to generalize, but mm -hmm. it very often historical things that happened don't transmit through families because their lifestyle changes, the place where they live changes, their jobs change. Many, many years ago, um, sons and daughters carried on in the business of their parents. That's less common today. Mm -hmm. So the puppets were put away after in the 1950s and it weren't got out for until we, we collected them, basically. So I hope that there will be a revival. You can see them in several museums in the UK. I know museums in America as well. Um, but it would be very nice to think that these weren't just inanimate objects and they could actually be made to work again, could be made to take out and act, even if it was filmed, maybe filmed for videos, filmed for online, the YouTube, the Facebook, lots and lots of these opportunities now to do this. And that's a great thing because one could do it in a very, very simple way. One could do it with a dancing sixpence uh -huh. or a king, uh, it, the um, yeah. William the Conqueror figure there or the camel or the trapeze artist. People could have fun with one single item or they could do a circus performance or an underwater performance yeah. and put it on what we're doing, the podcast, the YouTube, the Facebook, yeah. a whole new opportunity for these puppets to be shown. Totally. Very exciting. And I, I, I wonder, I didn't plan to talk about money in this show, but it's funny how you are, uh, you're an auctioneer, like your, your job, it's also to put a value on, on puppetry. And I'm kind of curious about how to, to set up the value of this, like, wonderful, I feel your passion. I think you want to increase the value of it, but what is the tricks to bring value to our art? The majority of items that I look at, I've seen something similar before. Uh -huh. So you find out, you remember something that went before a chest of drawers or a clock or a piece of silver or a ring or a piece of jewelry, and you do a comparison, a valuation based on a similar item that's been sold in the past. With these types of things, one can't do that. There's very mm -hmm. little of this type of thing going through. So one has to guesstimate, mm -hmm. to be absolutely frank, and one of the worst crimes an auctioneer can do is to overestimate the value of things because it puts people off from bidding. Mm -hmm. So we say to you, the public, these are for sale. We've put what we regard as sensible estimates on them, but we were hoping that they will do better. And I think they are worth higher amounts than we've put on them. But we don't desperately don't want to discourage people. Mm -hmm. Now, some of these puppets will need quite a bit of work on them. The majority of them will need restringing. 
But the restringing is more complicated because John Carr made these puppets incredibly complex at the end. And one can see in the background over my head the top yeah. controls of these puppets. And many of yeah. us in the UK who had puppets when we were children had a basic cross. So yeah. just a cross, two yeah. pieces of wood going across. Very, very simple manipulation. Now, on many of these ones here, we've got very, yeah. very complex controls here, these sort of ones, and it enabled them to have up to 12 strings for each puppet. Wow. If you have 12 strings on an animated character, it means you can do an extraordinary variety of things. You can make yeah. them play the violin, you can make them dance, you can make them jump through hoops, you can do extraordinary things. We have a pair of boxers in a boxing ring who box each other. <laughs> How extraordinary is that? And that's all done with the complications of these top controls. Wow. And and also it's kind of interesting because as we open up internationally right now with the and like the internet and all of that, how is it like as an auctioneer to also send the thing after you sold it? Is it complicated to you put it in FedEx or how it works? Oh, wow. That's a massive question. So even before the pandemic, a lot of the things we were selling were sold to people who never saw them before they bought them. We have to send them all over the world. After the pandemic now, the majority of our auctions, very few people come to the auction. Uh -huh. And then we have as couriers every single day. We have a series of companies that ship for us, similar to FedEx, DPD, and they ship all over the world. And we quote in our catalogue the shipping costs for every item we sell within the UK. And then we provide a quote for shipping them to Canada or China or Australia. It's a very, very important part of our business now. Uh -huh. And it wasn't something that was there 20 years ago at all. Wow. But that has opened up a whole new market for us, and particularly with these types of puppets. Yeah. All over the world market. And does he have, like, online auction? Like, Zoom auction? Is it existing? I, I just thought of... of when this auction comes up... Yeah. Yeah, I want to know when, but also, like, how it works. It's, it's this is not the live anymore. This yeah. is when it's coming up, basically. So 17th and 18th of May... Uh -huh. And what you can log on to our website and you can watch the sale or you can register and bid. So you can watch the sale without participating. And it's great fun to do that. So many of your um, people who are involved, I would think I would recommend them to watch the sale, even if they don't participate. It will yeah. be absolutely fascinating to see what these items make. Yeah, um, because it's something, it will come again. Like, I think it's not the, the only puppet who maybe are in boxes uh, no. waiting for, for being, like, into this kind of market. It's, it's really fascinating. You have no idea. We have no idea what's still out there. <laughs> so there were many firms of puppeteers in the 1930s and 40s and 50s a whole list of names on the puppet websites, many of which you will know. Lancaster is probably the most famous ones in the UK. Um, there'll be other ones all over the world. But very often those puppets disappear from sight altogether. Uh -huh. Nobody had any idea that the jacquard puppets still existed. And all of a sudden, up pops the jacquard puppets from a completely anonymous source. Wow. Another set of puppets, they might have 
been lost, they might have been eaten by mice, they might have been rained on, they might have just not survived, or they might have, we might have got these out and they would be all in terribly poor condition. But one can see from these sort of ones, many of these are in really surprisingly good condition, bearing in mind they're 70 years old, a lot of these. Yeah. Absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, and, and um, why did you accept this job? I'm kind of curious as an auctioneer, like when someone bring you the puppet and so sell this for me. No, it's much more exciting than that. I went to the house. I was called along to the house to look at some other things, not the puppets at all. Okay. Called along into the house to look at some furniture. The people were moving house. And then they said, come and have a look in the garage. And we see some furniture, some lamps. And then I said to them, what's here? What are these boxes? What's in these boxes? Oh, they're little puppets. I said, what's for the puppets? And then it all started. They hadn't called me in for the puppets at all. And then wow. they said, wow, would you be interested in looking at them? And I said, yes. So a lot of people, after many years, they've the interest has lagged. And in their mind, these things have become old-fashioned. And when somebody expresses enthusiasm, they're very excited because it revives their childhood memories. So the grandson of John Carr, um, he would have been very, very small and he would have operated some of the puppets in the 1950s just before they finished. So really exciting. And great for me. It's lovely for an auctioneer to have different types of things to sell over the years. Yeah, and, and how it works, because you sell it, but you, you as an auctioneer, you keep a little fee of, of each sale or how the family pay you to do it? Or yes, how? we charge a commission to the family okay. so okay. they pay us to do it and then we charge a buyer's a premium for the buyer as well so the okay. buyer has to make a bid in the auction and then they pay a percentage on top of that as well okay. which is in the conditions so the costs of running this auction room um, the costs of all the staff very yeah. very expensive in today's life so that's why the charge is quite high for selling these things uh -huh. but it's been my job for the last four months involved in these puppets and sorting them out for the family. I've been doing other work as well, but this has been my principal job. Yeah. Very, very difficult to make puppets work in auction because they get tangled up very easily, as you know. Yeah, that's interesting, like to, to set up the thing also to make it attractive and appealing exactly. for, for buyer. And um, what is your, like, I know you, you talk about retiring, but as an auctioneer, like your purpose, what, what it is, uh, your biggest one in your career or maybe for the future that you, you will keep doing stuff? No, that it's a passion. Oh. The job is a way of life. Yeah. You do the job for the items that you see, but also for the clients, the people that you meet. It's a most extraordinary social job. So you go to people's houses nearly every day And they could be mansions, they could be huge castles, or they could be tiny little houses in the middle of nowhere. And you see everything in between. And it's absolutely fascinating because you see the way people live. Uh -huh. And that changes a lot. The younger generation today are living a very different life to the older people. Yeah. It's a more smaller properties. They're more on the go all the time. They don't have separate dining rooms. They don't have lots of objects, lots of ornaments. It's a very different. The houses are much emptier today. Yeah. 
same in canada yeah that, that's that's funny how i'm personally i'm in this kind of challenge uh, right now to have a, a smaller and the, the 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 house of the mother with all of the uh, like old stuff and really uh, yes. appealing, but it's kind of like how to fit it in the new kind of lifestyle exactly. uh, as a collection, but has also an, um, a souvenir of yes. something valuable. Yes. And I think exactly. that's a day-to-day -day job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but then that's what makes the puppets more difficult in a way. So for the average person, a puppet isn't going to fit very well in their house because one generally has to hang them. The other thing I've noticed in doing these puppets is they are much more animated when they're hanging. Uh -huh. As soon as they strings have gone and they lie on the table or they sit in a chair, they lose their personality. They lose yeah. their characterization. It's really, really interesting. And they suddenly crumple up into a sort of heap. But when they're out and hanging, they're much, much more life lifelike. Very interesting. So they need to hang. Yeah. Sit. So these ones, these ones are sitting here. And again, you can see. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they seem less alive than the ones. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. String. Yeah. yeah. They are kind of sad. <laughs> many of the strings have gone on these ones, unfortunately, as you would expect. But generally. Pretty good. This guy is amazing. This is, he is absolutely extraordinary. The clothing, his cloaks, velvet cloak. He's got the most haughty expression on his face, a real king expression. He's got the most lovely boots here. You'll see these. And a copy. This is made of fabric, but it's a copy of a chainmail tunic. Uh -huh. And here, what I must show you this, this is his cloak clasp to hold the cloak across. This is a curtain ring, yeah. a Victorian brass curtain ring. <sighs> Ingenious. Wow. So the reuse. So John Carr carved the puppet. His wife made the clothing, but they made a lot of it out of scraps and bits and pieces, bits of wood they found, bits of material they found, but they made the faces very, very characterful. Wow. This is, this, this is particularly nice, this one here. You can see the articulation of the legs. Yeah. You can see, wow. You see how this works here. But then look at the top. When you see this top bit, a little bit of leather only just hanging on. Very, very sad. Oh. oh, that's so interesting. That's a fabulous thing. Wow. Elephant here. Circus elephant. Very nice. Stands yeah. up. He stands up on a drum like that. Oh, articulated legs. And this guy, he's called William the Yokel. He's a fabulous guy. Uh huh. He's got a hoe and he hoes the turnips. And there's a scarecrow that goes with him. But again, lovely face. He's got an articulated mouth that moves. If you pull the mouth, you might not be able to see this so well. Yeah, but I see, see the mouth, mouth open. Yeah. How clever see. is that? <laughs> I think that's extraordinary. He could Absolutely talk. amazing. That's I really so like that. cool. And and I want to hear your perception about the puppetry world. Like uh, as as you you see, like what you expect a, a collector to to buy it. But but what is your per perception of the puppetry community? 
The puppetry community, like a lot of the communities who collect things, is quite insular in many ways. For the rest of the world, you interact with each other. But for someone like me coming in from the outside, up until the last few months, I had no idea that a puppetry community existed, let alone someone as enthusiastic as all of you guys. So, and I've been contacted by other um, puppetry, puppetry Guild in the UK, and it's really lovely to see. And it's just a little insight for us into the kind of thing you do. And I can realize absolutely why you're so enthusiastic and passionate about these items, because they are wonderful bits of folk art. That's the other thing. Yeah. Folk art is something that's very popular here, and I'm sure in Canada too. Yeah. So sometimes there will be an appeal outside the puppetry community for these, just as an object, an interesting yeah. object of design. Yeah, so someone who have like nothing to do with puppetry could buy this for the living room and have it as a piece of art instead of a painting of someone uh, famous. Yes, that's exactly it. How interesting to say that, yeah. Yeah. But then you, you maybe the puppetry community will not be pleased for that to happen. <laughs> they will prefer <laughs> the things to go to be used. Yeah. But it doesn't always work like that. It just depends. Yeah, so, it depends um, of the lifestyle. Yeah. It's funny how we can see that the puppet have a life in itself. And Absolutely, it, yeah. It, and when one looks at that orchestra piece, the only original video of, of the puppets, you can see how they how clever they are the articulation, even the wrists of the... If you look at that video and you look at the wrists of the yeah. pianist and then you look at the bowing of the violinist, quite extraordinary. Yeah, it's, it's fitting famous, the music. There was a very famous conductor in the England, in the UK at that time, called Sir Adrian Bolt, and he watched the puppets perform one day and he said that was the expression on the cellist's face was a real cellist's expression. Wow. which I thought is an extraordinary little piece for a so-called inanimate wooden object. Yeah. Quite amazing. Yes. Really interesting. We will put that that link into a bit like just below the interview. Yeah, so you can that'd be really have good. That'd be to, great. To see oh, and lovely. observe. Uh, so to conclude, like uh, you show us a lot of puppets, but do you have a favorite one, like something you, you want to share or a little piece or something you can express your passion? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this one. <laughs> this is almost the end. And that is like unbelievable. The... And, and. Yeah. Oh, can my God. Can you see God. the winking eye, everybody? Yeah. I can go like maybe bigger, like no, we don't see it here. Yeah. Oh, so the eyes blink. Oh my God. Yeah, we see it right now. Wow. Oh, this is so clever. This is fantastic. This is like a real frog. Look at the long, look at the long feet. How clever is that? All these joints are cut, carved with little pins going through the middle of them. Absolutely, incredibly realistic. Yeah. Really beautiful. That's one of my favorite ones, which I absolutely love. Yeah. Maybe you, you know will what? finish with it. You will buy it for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful glass eyes. There we are. And he's used marbles for the eyes. Wow. This is incredible. Tim, really this is a, uh, we opened the door of conservation 
of puppetry i think with with yes. your interview i think it's really the it's something as a um as a feel uh, of art we have to think of this and what is the good way the good fashion to preserve and and make it uh, going and yeah the value of it i i'm curious about in your art do you have a value for for this frog do you feel like she she it's a thousand of dollar two thousand five thousand what what we're doing we're selling them in their acts so this act is an act with um another fro a, a duck in it and um you'll see it in the in the actual catalog but uh -huh. all these are sold in their acts so for instance the orchestra the um trio we're estimating at four to six hundred english pounds mm -hmm. Some of these ones we're estimating two to three hundred pounds for an act. Sometimes there's one in an act. Sometimes there's four or five or six. Mm. But again, it's guesstimating. Yeah, we're guesstimating. trying to see. We're trying to put them in play. We're putting yeah. the items in play to see what people think of them. Yeah, and many people out there will say, "Oh, they're very cheap." Other people say they're too expensive. But somehow, in the end, you have to come down to a value. And the auction. That is a way of finding the value of items. Uh huh. So Maybe it like will it, start at at this amount, or it 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 could like depends on the first bet. Sometimes, um, when the auction comes along, the estimate is say four to six hundred pounds. But before the auction, some people who are interested might have left amounts on automatic amounts uh -huh. that they will bid. So we may, if they leave big amounts, we have to start at the lowest of those amounts and mm. so sometimes you four to six hundred and it starts at eight hundred wow because this... people have pre-bidded already and then this... you very soon learn how ex how much interest there is in those types of things but you never find out until the actual day of the auction wow. that's the actual result wow this so it's is exciting so if, if you guys can watch the auction it's yes. really good fun be really think... interesting we will put the date just below the interview and yes, try to paper. maybe pr like just share this information because for the community it's something interesting to watch maybe someone will buy something but maybe not maybe, so maybe just, not but it's fascinating to watch yeah. and just see what what interest there is and how it comes up and we'll know when the auction is taking place the auctioneer will say the country where the people are bidding from Wow, maybe okay. Canada, maybe China, maybe France, maybe um, uh, South America. And it could yeah. have been any of those places. But it's extraordinary wow. how far away people will bid for these types of things. Yeah. Very interesting. So interesting. Tim, thank you so much for your time, for this passion. It. it was so clever for, for from you to, to share this. this thank you. I've loved it. That's that. really kind of you to ask us to do this. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So I remove you off the screen, but yes. stay in the virtual studio a minute. We will chat after. Sure, the yeah. Okay. So okay, let's bye -bye. go. Bye-bye. Yay, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. That's that's kind of really interesting to discuss about the conservation of our art. So yeah, if you have an opinion, feel free to just write into the comment below and write to us and we can like just just keep going with this like reflection and how we we want to 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 make our art going around with guilds and unima and all of that part of our 
our uh, yeah culture. So I have to go. I have a baby crying, <laughs> but uh, as you know, maybe I, I have a newborn. But uh, I'm happy to share this passion of puppetry again. And we have many interviews coming also. So stay tuned. And if you have the chance to look our Patreon also, we have uh, many workshops coming, some exciting news surprise coming it. So have a look on this. And I will uh, say bye-bye and see you soon for another episode of the Puppet Podcast. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.